Hello and welcome to another edition of the Paul's Body Engineering Podcast. Today we bring you episode number 46. And I'm running solo again this week because I wanted to bring you to you another topic that is sort of hot on the agenda, if you will. It, it's Again, it's something that has come up in a conversation with a client of mine and that's where a lot of my topics come from. So they're, they're very relevant, they're very, very real, they're very genuine, they're very current. Um, and that is the cheat meal. Now, what do you think when you hear the term cheat meal? A lot of you will immediately assimilate to an image or a post that you might have seen on social media of a, a bodybuilder or um, you know a bikini model or someone who is relatively fit or fit looking and they're sitting down to a pizza and some beer or you know a heap of burgers and chips or a big chocolate sundae or a banana split or whatever and they're talking about their cheat meal. Now, what I wanted to do is break down the ideology behind the cheat meal and what we actually utilize today in um, modern dieting terms and, and modern dieting protocols. So the cheat meal actually came, from my understanding, it came from old school bodybuilding methods when um, you know the bodybuilders of, of yesteryear, you know, the 60s, 70s, 80s, would diet, 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 and then they'd implement a cheat meal on a Friday or a Saturday or whatever, and effectively, it was whatever you could eat for, you know, one sitting. So they'd eat, you know, burgers, chips, pizza, whatever. And the idea or the ideology behind it, the theory behind it was by having that massive influx of food, primarily carbs, fat, sodium, um, sugar, you would thereby peak your energy, you would stimulate your metabolism, you would replenish all your glycogen you'd lost from, from however long you've been dieting for, and you would provide yourself with enough energy to really bust out some great sessions over the next, you know, one, two, maybe even three days, depending on how long the the, the cheat meal would last in your system and, and keep you sort of satiated. And that was the theory behind it. And, you know, often it was something that psychologically the bodybuilders would look forward to because they knew it was coming, they knew they could have a big feed at the end of the week so they would get through their dieting phase or you know their their maintenance phase or their stricter, healthier phase, or, you know whatever they were doing at the time. And that cheat meal would effectively be there at the end of the week for them. And look, it, it had relevance at the time. Um, you know, Looking back at, at what evidence was available back then, there wasn't a lot, there wasn't a lot of research around it. So it made sense to, to have that uncapped cheat meal, but but that's the issue. Today, you, you, you cannot get away with that because it was uncapped. So what I mean by that is, it was effectively, you couldn't quantify what you were eating. You know, and back then they didn't track calories. I don't even think calories were around back then. You know, they, they just ate clean. They ate clean food, clean protein, and then they'd have their cheat meal. So their, their caloric intake was a little bit inconsistent over the, the course of a week. But these days, obviously, we have a very comprehensive understanding of calories. We have a very comprehensive understanding of macronutrients and micronutrients. Thereby, a cheat meal doesn't fly anymore. And the problem I've got with cheat meals is is the, the negative connotation that is attached to it. You know, cheat effectively means you're doing something wrong, right? It's like cheating on your marriage. It's a bad analogy, but you understand what I mean. You know, you're, you're trying to get away with something you shouldn't. Where is if you were just honest and genuine and trustworthy, um, obviously in relation to the client coach relationship, then you don't need a cheat meal. And I say that in inverted commas. Um, but people still do it. It is still used today, unfortunately. And look, 
there are a few people that can get away with it. And what I mean by people like the enhanced bodybuilders can still get away with it. Even some natural bodybuilders can still get away with it because as we know, the more muscle mass you carry, the bigger the engine, the bigger the engine, the more calories you can take on. Um, endurance athletes can can um, can also potentially get away with it. And the other one is is also the youth. So young, think of young teenage males. They're, they're growing. They've got huge amounts of energy. They've got huge amounts of testosterone. Um, and the metabolism is just off the charts. So they can get away with that too without you know putting on any weight, if at all. But for the average punter, the average Joe Blow, you know, the general population, it just cannot work. It doesn't work if you're serious about your health and fitness journey. So it doesn't necessarily matter if it's weight loss, if it's just maintaining your weight, if it's trying to get bigger, stronger, um, you know, naturally, a cheat meal it, in, in today's evidence-based world of, of dieting, uh, metabolic adaptation, body recomposition, you cannot get away with an uncapped meal. Primarily because if you are given a cheat meal and, and your coach or trainer actually says, right, go and have a cheat meal, to me, I would um, analyze that and I would suggest, I would basically say to myself, right, I can eat as much as I want because it's a cheat meal, again, in inverted commas, and cheat necessarily doesn't necessarily provide a positive image of what you're about to eat. It gives you a negative image. It's a negative terminology. So you can go and have whatever you want. And, you know, if you don't have a general understanding of good nutrition, of course you're going to eat whatever you want if you've been given that clear instruction. You know, have go and have a cheat meal. So you'll go have pizza. You'll go have a burger and fries. You'll go have ice cream. You'll go have a million donuts. You know, you'll eat until you are stuffed. And you can potentially consume three or 4,000 calories in one sitting, whereby that week prior, you've been sitting on 1,500 calories every day, consistently well, following your plan, but all of a sudden, by having three or 4,000 calories, your weekly average then gets bumped up to maybe 1,800, 2,000, subject to what you ate in that cheat meal. So you might have gone from a deficit to a maintenance or a surplus without even realizing it. So that's why a cheat meal necessarily doesn't work. You know, and it, it does, it provides a negative um, a negative feel about your diet. You're effectively cheating on your diet. Whereas if you're true to yourself and you're honest about what you want and you want it bad enough, you don't want a cheat meal. So what we do is we implement um, a couple of different options, a refeed or a high carb meal, okay? Which is effectively the same concept where you get more food at, at a meal, at one meal, one sitting, but it's tracked, it's capped. There's a quota there that you have to meet. And that is generally based on previous data collected whereby it might equal your current maintenance calories. So you're getting more food or what you think is more food, but it's a maintenance calorie. So we have complete control over what's happening. Whereas a cheat meal, you have no control, particularly if you are given that instruction, go and have a cheat meal. <clears throat> so the refeed is very effective in that it's something to look forward to, similar to what I said about the cheat meal. And often, you know, we, we can implement two, two refeed meals a week um, based on where you're sitting in your dieting phase, in your health and fitness journey. Um, so one, one refeed a week or two refeed a week is very common practice at the moment. Now, it doesn't necessarily, it isn't a massive advantage to losing weight or losing fat, but it again provides a heavy psychological influence on your success. Because if you know it's coming, if you know you're gonna get extra food, it's primarily carbs, 
maybe an increase in fat, you will be more adherent to your diet through the week. And that's the benefit of it more so than what it does from a physiological point of view. It's a psychological um, impact, the, the, the positive psychological impact that it has on your overall sustainability and adherence to your diet that is why it's utilized more often than not. So it's a good strategy. It gives you psychologically a bit of a break. It gives you a bit more food. And when you have more food, you have more energy. So you're generally going to train a little bit better. So it's going to last maybe 24, 48 hours before you start to feel that sort of flat fatigue feeling again if you're in a heavy dieting phase. If you're in maintenance, <clears throat> no problem. And you probably don't even need it, to be honest, if you're, on, if you're on good maintenance and you've gone through a good reverse. The high carb meal is exactly the same. It's just different terminology. And the other, the other um, method that is commonly used is what we call a diet break. Now, there's been some very, very recent studies uh, or very research that's been published to show that a diet break doesn't actually support weight loss it isn't a benefit it isn't an advantage it doesn't support the weight loss journey what it does do similar to the refeed is psychologically it has a big impact okay because diet breaks are effectively maybe three days five days some i've heard of some up to a couple of weeks depending on the longevity of the the diet um the individual themselves so a diet break can play a very vital role in terms of psychological impact ability to train more, be more productive, more efficient. Um, <clears throat> so it's important to understand that, that they don't necessarily um, positively impact your weight loss journey or your health and fitness journey, but they are there for a reason. They are there to provide a reason and to provide success. And that's what you want, <clears throat> excuse me, at the end of the day is success. So that's why cheating on your diet, having a cheat meal, in my opinion, it, it does not fly because you're cheating against your success. You're potentially prolonging your success. And if you do it once a week, your success could be six months, 12 months, two years longer than it needs to be because the cheat meal is actually delaying that process. So you don't wanna get away with a cheat meal. You don't wanna uh, have that negativity or that terminology around it. You wanna understand why you're doing it. So that's the hence, hence the reason for this podcast. <coughs> And you know, I've often had, and as as often or as soon as, when was it? I think it was late last year. I was talking to a potential client, and one of the first questions they asked me was, um, "Do I get a cheat meal?" And in the back of my mind, I didn't say this to a client because I didn't want to, you know, come across as abrasive. But in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, "Wow, if your focus is when your cheat meal is and what you're going to have for your cheat meal when you haven't even started your diet." your priorities are all mixed up. You need to reassess your priorities if you're about to enter a dieting phase, if you're about to enter contest prep, if you're about to enter a long-term journey that needs to or requires good adherence, but from the start, you're worried about when your next cheat meal is and what you're gonna have. Priorities are completely off chart. They're, they're not where they should be. So if that is you and you're listening to this and going, oh yeah, well I've done that, you need to reassess where you're at because you're not going to have success if your focus is on what you're going to eat rather than what you're going to do. You need to focus on what you're going to do. You need to be adherent to your diet. You need to be adherent to your training and you need to be consistent. And we throw those terms around so much, but it is so, so true. Consistency is king when it comes to a long-term health and fitness journey, no matter what it is. 
But if you're focusing on the food side of things, the emotional connection to the food, you know, <clears throat> if you're freaking out because you're going to miss out on a birthday or Easter or Christmas or whatever, too bad. How bad do you want it? I go back to one of my very earliest podcasts. How bad do you want it? Okay. A short-term sacrifice means a long-term gain. And if you're prepared to put in the time now and sacrifice a little bit to have a very healthy lifestyle for years and years and years and years to come that you can maintain, I think the sacrifice is worth it. So pump the concept of the cheat meal. Get it out of your vernacular. Remove it from your dictionary. Don't talk about it with friends or at the gym or if someone approaches you and you go, oh, what are you having for your cheat meal? You say, don't have a cheat meal. Don't need it. Don't want it. It's not necessary. So that was the, the primary objective of this podcast was to, to clarify what a cheat meal meant and then to reestablish that it is effectively not used as common today and we more so um, revert to refeeds and diet breaks as our main tools of higher calorie intake through a dieting phase or a health and fitness journey. So that's the, the concept and that's the protocol that I particularly use. I know a lot of other evidence-based coaches do the same. Now, the other thing I, I wanted to touch on in this podcast, <clears throat> which also came from a client, is eating out. So, you know, as we know, when you commit to a dieting phase, you, you, you know, you want to lose some weight, it might take you six months, and, you know, a couple of weeks into it, you get invited out to dinner, or you get invited to a mate's place, or invited to a barbecue, and you start to freak out, because one, you don't want to be judged because you're dieting, and people will go, well, why are you doing that? You don't need to do that. You can just eat this. It won't matter. Get it all the time. When I first did my first season of bodybuilding, I dieted for a long time. I think it was like seven months. And I got that so often. Can you eat that? Why are you doing that? It won't hurt if you just have this. Oh, come on. You can have one beer. You know, all those sorts of comments. And look, <clears throat> people don't understand, and that's fine. And it can get a little frustrating. But if you're committed to your goal, you just brush it off and move on. But if you're not in a contest prep dieting phase, if you're actually just dieting for general health and fitness, for lifestyle, to lose some weight, there's a couple of processes you can take, right, when you eat out. So if you're eating out of the restaurant, you just need to be smart. Don't utilize it, or don't um, think of it as a cheat opportunity, where because you're out, you can see whatever you want. Still be smart with your choices. So if you go into a, <clears throat> a tavern, a pub, a, a common restaurant, Stick with the basics. Get a steak, veggies on the side, get a chicken breast, get a grilled fish, and you need to specifically ask for any sauces, any marinades, any gravies, any dressings to be put to the side, to be served up separately. That way, you have complete control over what you're eating. But if, that, if you allow them to prepare it and, and drizzle the sauce, the dressing, the marinade, whatever, over the steak, over the chicken, over the salad that you're having, the veggies, whatever, <clears throat> you've got no idea what you're eating and how much of it is. So if you do come from a history of quantifying things and tracking your food generally, and you want to go out and have a meal, but you also want to be aware of what you're eating, so you look at it and go, oh, well, that's a 200 gram steak, you know, there's a couple of potatoes, some broccoli, salad few chips or whatever, and you can generally get a, 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 a grasp within, say, 20% of where you're at in terms of calories. So that's cool. So you know where you sit. If you are more methodical with your food, <clears throat> um, then 
you don't eat out. So what I mean by that is if you're in contest prep, forget it. You can't eat out. You've got to be accurate with your um, your dietary intake. You have to be compliant and you can't allow someone else to prepare your food. It, it's as simple as that because you have no control over how they're cooking the food. You have no control over what they're adding to the food. How much oil are they using? How much butter are they using? You know, the menu says a 200 gram steak, but maybe it comes out and it's 250 or maybe it comes out and it's 160. Like, you just don't know. So if you're in contest prep, we all know that accuracy is a, um, is a requirement in contest prep. But the other thing is <clears throat> to avoid, you know, the judgment or avoid missing out, you can always take your food with you. If you're going to a barbecue, to a family member, to a party, you can always take your food with you if you're a strong person and you don't care what other people think. That's not a problem. Or you turn up, you just don't eat, and then you eat when you get home or you eat before you go. Those options are available too, but if you're just in it for general health and fitness, general lifestyle, and every now and then you want to eat out, that's fine. That's okay. Don't beat yourself up about it. Don't be afraid of ordering food. You know, you might just take your your intake back a little bit on that same day. You know, maybe reserve a little bit of calories for the dinner so that that way you've got a bit of a buffer. Um, but don't beat yourself up about it. It is okay to eat out. It's when people have a meal out and then they go, oh, stuff it, you know, this weekend's done. So Friday night turns into Saturday, Saturday turns into Sunday, and before you know it, over the course of, you know, two full days and one evening, you've consumed 15,000 calories when your week has been 1,600 calories per day. And, you, and, you know, because of that mentality of, oh, stuff it, I'll, I'll start again on Monday. You know, diet starts Monday. How often has everyone said that? Diet starts Monday, diet starts Monday. Oh man, it does my head in. <clears throat> but I get it because you don't want to miss out. You know, we're, we're a culture that is driven by food. Food is everything. It is social events. It's around sport. It's around family. You know, so I do get it. But at the same time, do you want to live in, in your own um, bubble whereby you're never going to make progress on your health and fitness journey? You're never going to be fit. You're never going to be healthy or healthier than you currently are because of the food concept because of the fact that you have to cook massive meals and have all these um, things and you know go to people's places all the time and eat out all the time you're never going to find progress so again i refer back to that earlier podcast how bad do you want it excuse me how bad do you want it so that's the the the, the general consensus of eating out okay it can be done not a problem it depends where you are on your dieting phase it depends how strict you want to be it depends um, you know, what type of person you are. I, I had a conversation just the other day with someone who's afraid to eat out because of fear of getting fat. Now, firstly, if you're very strict or, or very adherent to a dieting plan of some description, one meal is not going to make you fat. I'll tell you that right now, okay? It's when one meal turns into 15 meals that's going to make you fat. But it won't even make you fat. You might put on a little bit of weight, but you're not going to get fat from one meal or, or 15 meals for that matter. Again, that's not an endorsement to go and do that, but one meal is not going to kill you. Okay, If you're in it for general health and fitness, one meal is not going to kill you. If you've got a stronger goal like contest prep or like growth or like maintaining your weight or like trying to lose weight, you just have to be smart with what you choose. And if you've learned anything through your journey, you will know what to order. Like I said, Get a rump steak, that's the leanest um, cut of steak. Get a chicken breast, it's the leanest cut of chicken. Order a white fish, don't order salmon, order a white fish. Get the sauce on the side, get the dressing on the side. Have a salad, have some veggies, 
and then have it have you know you don't have to have alcohol you can have a um a coke zero or a pepsi max or a, um you know just over water like don't beat yourself up about it if you have to have a beer go for the low carb option if you have to have a spirit go for a white spirit you know it's not the end of the world again it's all subjective to the individual what sort of journey they want what sort of experience they want what sort of um end goal they want to achieve if they're strict that's great don't judge them if they're not strict and they want to have one meal out great that's fantastic good on you if you're in contest prep forget about it don't go out and have dinner because you're not going to be able to track it accurately simple as that okay that's it from me i hope everyone has got a lot out of this podcast once again thank you very much for tuning in i really appreciate it we're we're getting some great uh, traction in the um, health and fitness industry right now. We're getting some amazing amounts of listens, which is awesome. I really, really love it. I'm glad that people are getting some good education out of these podcasts. So if you've enjoyed it, as always, please subscribe. I'm on Spotify. I'm on Google. I'm on Apple, TuneIn Radio, and SoundCloud. Please screenshot this podcast and share it on your stories and tag myself, Paul's Body Engineering. If you're interested in any of my coaching services, please go to my website, paulsbodyengineering.com or hit me up through social media, Instagram and Facebook. And that's it. So as I say to every client every single day, have a great day.